Jim, what are we going to talk about? I man? have notes. Um, I was thinking today, talk about uh, I've got my notes say Adirondack, Adirondack chairs, um, pricing a home. <laughs> I have a point. I have a story on that one. And You're smell going for curbside appeal and and smelly things. Um, to Bart's point about what can one do to to get a house sold? Yeah, one of my number one things is when I walk into a house with a with a seller, the first thing I do is say get rid of the smelly things. Yeah, you know there's. Glade air fresheners or the spray carpet cleaner things that really don't do anything but make it stink. Get rid of that stuff because it just, you walk, you know, if I walk in with a buyer and I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're trying to hide. Dude, it's like potpourri, man. It smells like Kirkland's in the mall from the mid 90s. Like, do you guys, did you guys have Kirkland's? Yeah. You remember that store? I didn't go to the mall. Dude, what, like in the 90s? <laughs> Everybody went to the mall, Jim, don't lie. Everybody went to the mall. Where'd you buy your goods? <laughs> what were you like? Were you ordering from the Sears Roebuck catalog in the 90s? Is that how you bought your house? Like a four by four? Get out of here. Those were good houses. <laughs> so like, uh, get rid of the smelly stuff. Mm -hmm. Why? And Because it's so good for covering up like the dog pee. Right. <laughs> exactly. Cat pee, dog pee. You want to hide that. You, you, you want to clean that stuff first and foremost. And if you can't, just let people know that it smells. I mean, I'd rather people walk in and say, oh, it smells like dog pee. We're going to have to change the We carpets. need to fix that rather than what in the hell are they trying to hide? I mean, when uh, you, if, if I had gone to a real college and I had walked in someone's room and they were burning <laughs> incense, would I have thought that they were just trying to relax or were they trying to cover up the weed? Uh, you know, it's, I went to a music conservatory, which is not a real college. That's not a real college that's either. That's what they used incense for. Okay, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, but I, mean, I think it's you, you want to have people have a, a real sense. I mean, because a lot of home sellers and homeowners don't, they, you know, there's a thing called nose blindness. You don't know what your house smells like. You might walk, to my, walk into my house, I'm like, oh, it smells like home. Mm -hmm. You might walk into my house, like, God, it smells like that old geriatric dog that your wife won't get rid of. It's always people's laundry detergent. Laundry detergent, dryers, dryer sheets. Yes. You know, so you, you want to make sure the house smells welcoming and not, you know, not necessarily like, oh, here are the three things that we need to get rid of that smell. And you don't want people to be questioning what the, you know, you know really what they're trying to conceal. If it smells like mildew, fix the mildew. If it smells like dogs, fix that. Um, bacon, it's always appealing. So... So you're, you're suggesting like frying a pound of bacon just before bacon, showing. Bacon and chocolate chip cookies. Pick your poison or both or bacon, bacon chocolate, chocolate chip cookies. cookies. I think we got there at the same time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So Bart, Bart's like, I can sell my house tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so mine just smell, mine, that's what Anna says. Ours smells like the big green egg. Like it just smells like smoke most, yeah. most of summer. And there's nothing wrong Winter. with that unless you're selling your house. Fair enough. Unless you're selling your house to a barbecue enthusiast. Yeah. What happens then, man? Then they will just Each fall own. in love. <laughs> but if you're selling to a, you know, to a vegan or vegetarian, probably not the market for your he house. He doesn't want to sell his house to a vegan <laughs> or vegetarian. I don't want to sell my house He would house find that all. offensive. I'm selling houses. It'd be like me selling a house to a Yankees fan. Like, <laughs> there you go. They may come in as the high bid. It'll be like, eh. I have a house closing today in I don't Prose. think you're making good business decisions, Dave. No, I, I make poor business decisions <laughs> based on stupid sports rivalries, but yeah. Anyway, I've got a house closing in Crozet today, and it is um, – I know, the, buy, I know the, the sellers, obviously. I know the buyers really well, and they don't know each other, and the buyers have a different agent. And I ran into the buyers yesterday, and I 
And I said, oh, congratulations. And I saw my seller yesterday as well. And I said, just so you know, your house is being conveyed to a really good family, to really good people I've known for 15 or 20 years. Cool. And she's like, oh, thank you. It's been kind of a, a bumpy, you know, a bumpy transaction for, for a variety of reasons. But thanks for letting me know that it's going to good people. I like, I think that's an important thing, though, too, is that, I mean, like, a, 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 we talked about this a ton of times on the pod, but, like, a house is a home. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is where, like, you establish your roots in your family. And so there is that emotional connection to it. So right. it's not quintessential in a business transaction, but it is good to know just from a comfort standpoint to know that like this house that like I raised my family in is going to go to another really great family for them to raise their family. in. Like that's a comforting, it, it, it's an added bonus to like a, a already positive business transaction. Right. Uh, and that reminds me, I think next pod, maybe we'll, we'll talk about the iBuyer phenomenon, okay. which is commodification, commodification of, um, of real estate in a lot of, in is changing a lot of things. So that's a much deeper pod. Um, and the other thing I wanted to talk, the little vignette of one of the things that, that when I'm r- working with buyers that we try to, buyers often don't know what they want, but they know what they feel. And I was driving around showing houses a couple weeks ago with clients, and I was talking about my folks that built a house a couple years ago in um, back behind Crescent Park. And I was talking about how when they bought their house and they built it, they oriented it so that it would face the vacant lot that couldn't be built upon which we knew it could not be built on and it would be facing the sunset. And I said, you know, my guys had said that when they, when they did this, they wanted to get two Adirondack chairs and then watch the sunset and drink wine. What did you get a home for? You know, sounds perfect. Driving around with my, with my new buyer clients, we drive by past this house as I'm telling the story and they're outside sitting in their Adirondack chairs, drinking their wine, drinking their wine, Give me a toast and cheers as, as we drive by. And I said, I told my new guys, I'd met these guys for you know, two hours. I've got to turn around. <laughs> Turned around and said, hey, guys. And they just waved and, and just said, you know, just happiness. And that's what I try to get with my buyers is find that little bit of, of happiness and try to achieve it. But it was just very cool to be telling the story and see reality. And I wasn't full of it. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Well, and I think what you bring up so often, too, which is, A, just, a testament to the the work and the job that you do, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's you look for, and it's important for people to just understand like what are the small things that you want to come home and enjoy every day, and focus on that, like the big things of how many bedrooms, how many you know, bathrooms, square feet, whatever it is, like those big things that you're looking for. But the little things of just how right. do you spend your time? What is the things that you find that's the little joy in life that helps you out? And like that was, just, I mean, just a perfect example of. Right. Well, I mean, it's, and it's people, it, it, I don't know that with buyers until we're well into our relationship. Right. I've, got a, I've got like a 27 question survey that I sent out to new buyers. Talks about, you know, what are you looking for? Price point. What do you want to be close to? One, one of my newer questions is, what are you trying to solve with this move? And what do you not like about your current place? Which is a, you know, a good thing for people to think about. But it's really learning more about what's important to them. Mm-hmm. And cause it's, you know, again, the, the three bedrooms, two and a half baths, four bedrooms, whatever we can find that, but finding the place where you can sit at around neck chairs or walk to the park or whatever, um, is, is critical. So when, and when, you know, that kind of like, how do you, if you're selling a home, how do you help buyers see that or help buyers, uh, find, like find that in, in that house? 
Um, if I'm <clears throat> if I have the seller for the house, I try. One of the things that we've started at Nest is uh, last year on on the Nest site. There's a thing we call sell, the seller scoop. Mm-hmm. It's like an eight question, nine question you know, survey that we or you know questions that we give the sellers homework to try to talk about the house. Like one of the questions is, what is your favorite tree? What is your favorite walk? Where do you like to go to dinner? Uh, and that sort of thing to define the area around it. Um, I put one on the market in Old Trail the other day. And her, her, my client's question, her answers were awesome. Just talks about how, you know, where do you like to go to dinner? And I think she said, we've got a, a, a steady rotation of smoked, rooftop, far downers, you know, telling the area. And then she, I think she ended that with, um, you know, it's, it's nice that a car is optional. You know, which is something that I I can I can describe in Crozet. I live in Crozet. I love Crozet, but yeah. in other parts of the of the Charlottesville area, you know, I can say you know you're close to Target, you're close to um, you know North the Forest Lakes Park, and you're close to this stuff. But hearing it through the seller's lens uh, is is critical because they can describe what life is like there on a Tuesday morning and a Wednesday afternoon and a Sunday after you know Sunday They're evening. Given average daily life. Yeah. yeah, which you know it's it sounds. Trivial when you say, you know, look, you're looking for the average daily life, but that's what we're trying to achieve is have a reasonably happy average daily life. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, you know you're, we were talking earlier about living your best life. Sometimes living your best life is coming home and having a beer and watching the kids play in the yard. That sounds awesome. Which is not a bad, as it, when I was 19, that would have sounded like the dumbest thing in the whole wide world. You're not tired at 19. No, but just the concept of <laughs> yeah. there's a point Once in my tired. There's a point in my life will come when I'm like, oh, I just want to drink a beer and stay home and watch my kid. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, but now it's like, yeah, that sounds kind of nice and perfect and sweet. Yeah, and that's what we, you know, again, it's, you know, as when I'm, we've got young clients and I'm 42 now, and anybody, anybody under 35 is a kid, you because know, I'm apparently old. Yeah. You know, is, you know, is helping them understand what's the word, what's the, what's the noun for mundane? That, that achieving a mundane lifestyle yeah. Yeah, yeah, is kind of a good thing. You know, it's just, you, you figure out that it's, you have a decent life. You got a decent yard. I don't even know if it's a this value a- judgment on that either though. Like, I think that like, that just is what it is. Like right. you, like you, you can't like. I mean, I don't know, maybe like some people, maybe like Drake can like <laughs> every day can like live it like and just amp it up. But like Drake is also like close to our age. Like I can imagine that Drake occasionally is like, hey, we got to take a night off. It's probably like 20% Raptors games and then like 80% Netflix and chill. <laughs> like, dude, I, and the thing is like, you know, from some of those regular season games, like Drake bailed out so that he could be traffic. Like, <laughs> like Drake, Drake ain't a young man anymore. Like he's right there with us. Like, and he's lived a hard life, man. Like it was hard to be on Degrassi for a long time. Like, I mean, he, he's had like, he's had multiple careers already. Like he's done I'm a really lot. Not like, okay with you saying Drake had a hard life. Nas is like looking at you like, I don't oh, really well, think. I mean, like, fine. Like whatever. <laughs> Or referencing like, Degrassi, but it, we'll yeah. let that pass. Drake's done a lot of work. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, look, we want to do 40 minutes on Degrassi. I'm right here for it, man. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about it. But, like, I'm serious. Like, I think that, like, that, like, just is what it is. Like, you cannot live at, like, a, like you can't max it out all the time. Uh, like, even when you're a kid, like, you can't really do that. Like, we remember the nights where we maxed it out. But, like, really, there were a lot of days where, like, I played a lot of video games. So... 
I, I mean, that's just like what it is. Like, I think you have to figure that out. And if that's not as comfortable as possible, that's going to be the majority of your time. Like, right. Hey, it may be great to like live next to something awesome, but like, if you're not going to be at that, you know, it's like, like my kids talk about going to jump all the time. Like I'm sure jump is awesome, but like, I only got like one jump trip a year in me, you know, like I, maybe two. Well, it's know? like, it's like Bush gardens, you know, Bush gardens is awesome to go to two or three times a year mm-hmm. living next to it. You're just go. dealing with traffic. Be fine, <laughs> yeah. I guess. But yeah, I think it's it's funny you mentioned traffic. What you want to do is you want to have the grandparents live right next to well, Bush Gardens, which is, is somehow an advantage that I've just increased in life. And I'm excited <laughs> about that. I bet you're more excited about being able to go to Yorktown 30 times a year. Uh, <laughs> if you were to ask me how many times I've been to Yorktown compared to Bush Gardens since my parents moved... <laughs> The scales are tipped in Yorktown favor. There's nothing nine-year-olds love more than going to Yorktown. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, do you want to go to Busch Gardens and Ross Roller Coasters? No, I'd rather go to Yorktown, and I'd like to learn about how what happened. And I'd like to look at an open field and figure out where Lafayette (laughs) staged his charge. (laughs) That's what I'm looking for. I want to know where Alexander Hamilton climbed a hill. (laughs) Can't believe I chose Yorktown for that bit. Uh, (laughs) Could have gone Williamsburg and talked about, like, I don't know, like ginger cakes or make it a saddle or shoes or something, but I chose Yorktown, which is legitimately boring. No <laughs> offense, about? Yorktown. This is Bart Eisler's Scrimmage Play. Uh, I was going to write an old school radio jingle for this, something slick with a catchy chorus of people just singing our name over and over again, but we have zero musical talent on staff. What we do have, and that is one slick transition there, is a passion for talking about, writing about, and shooting video of high school sports in Central Virginia. For almost a decade, we've been the top source for high school sports coverage in this area. We've also got a podcast that's now a part of the Central Network. If you love high school sports, give us a listen. And if you like what we're doing, check out the support link in each episode description and support the work we're doing. In the meantime, we'll keep working on that jingle. So, I mean, Bart, you texted a question earlier when we were talking about the, the, the topics and, and you brought up like, you know, a beat up driveway that you know is going to need work and you know it needs about $5,000 worth of work, you know, where we talked about, you know, get rid of the smelly stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like show the house as is, but like, obviously like everybody talks about curbside appeal and everything right. like that, you know, you want to make sure your lawn's mowed and it's just not like looking terrible and everything. Right. But like is that investment of like put $5,000 into paving a driveway valuable and it will, it will help sell the house faster. Or is it like a, people are going to walk in, they're going to see it's a beat up driveway. At some point we're going to have to take care of a beat up driveway. Uh, it depends. I mean, my, my answer to almost everything in real estate is it depends. It okay. depends. You know, it, if you've got, you know, I usually say again, a rule of thumb is, you know, budget 1500 to $3,500 to get ready for the market. Unless you have a pristine, perfect home. Sure. You know, but I think that you're, you know, we all do, obviously. Uh, you know, but I think it's... <laughs> I mean, we're just going to tidy up or something. Well, I'm um, sure. But no, I mean, I think that it's, it's, you know, I put my clients to the exercise of pretend you're buying the house again. Stand outside on the front porch, sit there for 90 seconds while the realtor's fiddling with the lockbox or whatever, and look at the, the sconces and look and see if they're cobwebs. Look and see if the threshold needs to be painted. Driveway, though, it's a big one. I mean, a big one, you know, a thousand bucks to redo a driveway, depending on the length, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you know, you never get, you know, was it sure, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Um, yeah, I think that you want to be mindful of the, the intent that you're going to set. Like, if they come up and they see a, a torn up driveway, they're, gonna, they're immediately going to think, oh, it's a fixer upper. 
You know, we, you know, oh, we, yeah. we're going to come in and we're already looking for what else we need to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas if that's done, it's like, oh, sweet. They, they did, they, they started doing the right stuff to sell the house. Right. You, know, you get the fresh driveway, you got the new mulch, which is universal sign of a uh, house going on the market. They painted the front door. They painted this, the, the columns. They, they've done this stuff. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 if that's the biggest thing you need to do, I would probably say go ahead and do it. If you need to redo carpets or, you know, the floors are trashed or... Maybe put the driveway in the back burner. Yeah. So, I mean, when I go through with my folks, I, I, we make a list and then of things that need to be done, and then we prioritize. I, I went through one the other day, and, um, and we started off saying, let's just touch up paint here and there. And then as they started taking stuff off the walls, I'm like, I'm glad the contractor is still here because we're going to need them to paint the house. Hmm. You know, which, you know, the high, one of the things you get the highest rate of return on is paint. You know, you paint the house, it feels fresh and clean, and then you can worry about the floors later. So it, it, it depends on that list of prioritization. What about, I mean, speaking of paint too, I mean, you know, if you've got, you know, kids who, you know, if you've got crazy painted bedrooms for the kids' rooms, like is that a paint those back to neutral or is it just a let it be? It's a kid's room and they can paint them when they move in. Depends is the first answer. But, you know, it's... <laughs> You got a torn up driveway. Put the money in the driveway. Getting really specific with the answers today, Jim. You know, um, but I, you know, I had one. You know, I had one. It was a green room and an orange room. You know, I, we keep that. We, we're going to redo the floors in the bathroom and the kitchen, and the and the you know, which is a harder thing to do. Sure. And then painting a kids' room. So it, it depends on how it falls within that that range. And I'm always again mindful of, you know, right now sellers have you know a fair amount of sellers have some equity in the, in the economy is doing fairly well. So they have, a lot of them have two grand to, to, to spend to prep. But it's something that I'm always mindful of. Two grand is a lot of money. Yep. You know, I want to make sure that we're spending it as wisely as we, as we possibly can. And being aware that when the market cycles to a different cycle, that two grand might be a whole lot of money they don't have. Right. So it, you know, I'm, all, I'm always trying to be very cognizant of, Buy, you know, buyers and sellers situations of, you know, I don't want to frivolously spend money because it's not mine and I can, but where's going to get the best, you know, where will they get the best rate of return for that thing? So you, you mentioned paint. What, mm-hmm. what are some other things that are, that you, that, that, that do well, that um, give you a lot of return? Uh, you know, anything outside generally, you know, mulch, cleaning, cleaning, land, you know, cleaning the, the shrubs, making them look nice, power washing, so the curbside appeal is a big deal. Curbside appeal, it sets the intention. It's like when I when I used to do yoga many years ago, the Bikram yoga years ago, the the it, there's a point to this story. I can see you just shaking your head. <laughs> I know this is an audio medium, but I just kind of flipped out. My brain broke <laughs> when we went from mulch to yoga. But let's go. It's all intertwined. Let's do it. Yeah, you, know, you know, when we go in, the instructor would say, you know, set your intention to get through the pain. <laughs> and, and, it, and if you, <laughs> which was a great way to start 90 minutes of hot yoga. But you set that intention of you're going to do okay and you're going to push through. And so you want to set the buyer's intention of they're not going to come in saying, oh, here's a, the driveway sucks. I have to paint the threshold. Oh, God, open the door. I've got to redo these fixtures. You want to find that low-hanging fruit of you know, things they see initially and so they're going to be less forgiving as they go through. Change the air filters. You know, change the, the HVAC filters. So if, if you don't do it but every twi- twice a year, I mean, I... Change hope you my, do it more than that, but yeah. hope you do every, You know, hope you do Nobody it more than that. Nobody does them as they're supposed. I to. had a client who had a. He wrote in um, a white whiteout marker or the erasable marker on his grill every thirty days when he changed it, and he said, 
Uh, yeah, he, I was a bit, a bit incredulous as well. And he said, should I take, should I wipe this off? I'm like, oh, dear God, no. Because it's going to give the impression, the true impression that you do what you're supposed to do religiously. It made the house show better because the people said, oh, we're buying a house that's been well-maintained. If a person's going to pay that much detail to how often my air filters need to get taken care of, think about how much detail they spent to the big stuff. Exactly. So, I mean, that's the sort of thing that, you know, air filters. I mean, I, I always walk through a house and say, oh, the air filters are filthy. But the HVAC is filthy as well, and you're probably going to have it serviced and maybe has an, a shorter lifespan. You know, stuff like that, the easy visual stuff. I'm going to go home and change my air filters when I get back. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm to change my air filters. <laughs> <laughs> so the takeaway for today's pod is change your air filters, change your air filters. and be happy with it. <laughs> <laughs>